Hello, and welcome to Drabblecast, Episode 2, a podcast featuring short fiction of an atypical nature. Strange stories by strange people for strange listeners. I'm your host, Norman Sherman. Had some great feedback about the last story, Coughing Dog, and I do appreciate your comments. If you have stories that are under a thousand words, and you'd like to have them on this podcast, please feel free to send them in to goatkeeper at hotmail.com. We'll try our best to get them on here. Also, any comments you might have about stories, send them to the same address. I've had some people ask, Norm, what kind of stories exactly are you looking to put on the Drabblecast? Well, to answer that question, I'd say anything short and fun. Stories that um, challenge or surprise a listener. They don't necessarily have to be sci-fi or kind of creepy about conjoined fetuses or bot flies or things like that. That's just kind of how I roll. I think the more you listen, the better idea you'll get of what exactly we're looking for here. And that leads us right into today's story. Kind of a darker fairy tale about an unfortunate unicorn who teaches us that looks aren't everything. That is, unless you're ugly. Longing for Love, A Unicorn Story by Lindsay and Lacey Anderson Once upon a time, in a faraway gorge, there lived a decrepit unicorn. His name was Gregory. This unicorn was unique indeed, for he was grey in colour, rather than the fairy tale white of other unicorns. He was tough of texture, as most unicorns are not. His grey coat was not silky smooth to the touch, but this was largely due to the fact that he did not own any hair care products. Tufts of fur stuck out every which way. One bald spot existed near his buttocks, at the top of his unnaturally twiny tail. Gregory's name was also unique to the other unicorns. Their names, to name a few, were Sparkle, Cupcake, Flower, and the ever-so-popular Rainbow. Gregory was slow of movement as a result of his gimpy leg, which he had to drag behind him in a most unfashionable manner. This useless leg, which was noticeably longer than his other three legs, did not match the grey tones of his unicorn self. This was because it had been drugged through the mud and dirt every day of Gregory's existence, turning it to murky brown colour. The saddest part of his appearance was his horn. Gregory had a rare case of brittle horn disease that occurred in every eighth generation in Gregory's family. Because of this, the horn had split perfectly down the center, leaving him a thin, jagged splinter coming out of his forehead. His unicorn parents had abandoned him when he was wee colt because he had brought much shame upon the proud unicorn clan, what with his buck teeth. He was left in the cursed, forbidden woods to die under a dry, dead shell of a weeping willow tree. Why was he decrepit? Why was his coat not the same sheen of the other unicorns? Why did he have buck teeth in a kinky mane? Why did the boil on the back of his neck fester so? Gregory asked himself these questions every day as he gazed at his reflection in the green cesspool. He never came to any conclusions other than the possibility that when his true love came for him, he would turn into a handsome, valiant steed. 
He did not know where his true love was, or what she looked like, but he had every hope and dream that some day she would appear to him, whinny, and prance gaily about him with happiness. It was under that sad, weeping willow tree that he was confronted by its resident, who happened to be in a beast squirrel named Brutus. Gregory had trouble spotting Brutus's limbs under his rolls and rolls of squirrely fat. It was this squirrel that had given Gregory his name, because the unicorn's parents had thought him unworthy of one. Brutus decided to call him Gregory because it seemed like a good name at the time, and quite frankly, Brutus had no creative soul. Instead, he had a limp, hanging tail that was paralyzed since his birth. These two unfortunate creatures spent much time together discussing their unfortunate childhoods and unfortunate physical conditions. Gregory thought he had a friend until Brutus experienced spontaneous combustion during their afternoon herbal tea and Twinkies. Gregory wandered away from the sad weeping willow tree with loss of all hope for companionship. Soon afterwards, he had fallen into the gorge. He had really not meant to fall into it. At the time Brutus had passed away, Gregory had been emotionally unstable and confused to the extent that his eye was twitching rapidly with impaired vision. He had stumbled into the gorge and lived there for many moons. Then one day a thought struck Gregory, like a hot, smoldering volcanic rock striking down a small sapling. Maybe he should wander out of his gorge. He was the only living thing there besides the rather dry patch of weeds he thrived off of every day of his pathetic life. He thought long and hard, so long and hard that his boil began to fester profusely to the point that it began to crust in his mane. The rancid smell of it told him he must escape from his gorge and flee to the vast lands above to find his love. Now was the task of getting out of the gorge. Gregory stood staring at the steep, glistening walls of solid rock and wondered how he could climb out until he realized he could not for he was flat-hooved. This prevented him in getting any sort of helpful grip upon the rock's sheer face. He decided to make the attempt despite his ailment. He lifted his front legs, placing them upon the first mini-precipice, and pushed up with his rear legs. But no, there was no grippage between his clammy hooves and the oddly oily rock. As Gregory fell, he saw the oil spring and realized his folly. Why had he never noticed the oil spring before? Suddenly, his entire life's memories flashed through his unicorn mind. They were not pleasant or cheerful, and he fell into the black, undiscerning darkness of unconsciousness. Then he awoke to a gentle nudge from a soft, cushy muzzle. The whiskers tickled Gregory, and he laughed inside. That was the first time he had laughed in his whole life. Through his painfully twitching eyes, he made out a beautiful female unicorn silhouette against the last ray of sunshine in the long, hot day. He lifted his head with the realization that all his dreams were about to come true. Gregory had always longed for a nudge from an attractive female unicorn. Maybe now he would be a valiant steed. He glanced over at the cesspool, recalling how he had looked that morning in the reflection of the green, gooey waters. 
After a short time, his eyes began to glaze over, and a small smile came to his face, and he knew. He knew that it was too lovely a wish, and that he was indeed dead. Well, that's our story. I hope you enjoyed it. Do you ever sit around and think about how lucky we are that some animals don't eat meat? I do. For me, it always comes back to the horse. Imagine if horses ate meat. There'd be literally nothing we could do to stop those animals. The only thing more terrifying than that is a carnivorous horse with the combined weaponry of a rhino. We're talking about a carnivorous unicorn here. That's profoundly scary stuff. Well, I'm Norm Sherman. You've been listening to Drabblecast. Tune in next week for more stories of the uh, absurd nature. In the meantime, check out www.normsherman.com for some sweet tunes. And send in your own stories of 2,000 words or less to goatkeeper at hotmail.com. And always remember, when you're trying to climb out of that gorge, be sure to check for oil springs first. Mutters these words to his lackey When it comes put this in his butt